We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Samus Fandiari here, Aaron Larsoul across from me. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Better than I deserve. Thank you for having me. Always love chopping it up with you and uh, speaking to all those, my my Bay Area goons. I'm with it. Let's get it. It is the dead season for the NBA, but you know what? We can always count on the Warriors to give us a little something, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, we, we got the Niners playing the first preseason game this weekend. I'd say it matters, but we will see all the relevant players for all of one snaps so. wait is it today wait what this oh this coming Friday. weekend Friday, yeah, yeah okay yeah. this coming weekend. The, yeah, and, yeah. and you and i both know how it's gonna go they're gonna do gonna do a, a handoff to elijah mitchell maybe nate and then sudfeld the, is gonna get a lot of reps yeah exactly that sort of thing so it's, it's preseason it is what it is um can't quite get too excited about football just yet because it's going to be another three weeks until we see the guys we want to see yes um but with that this last weekend a one Stephen Curry held his Curry camp at the Olympic Cup in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think most of our listeners probably saw some clips on social, maybe read some articles about it. Um, Summer Hoops underrated, but I really enjoyed watching, kind of getting to see Steph work with some younger players in this context. Um, to, put, to put it into full context, most of the players who are there are rising seniors. So they're going mm-hmm. to call whether they're going to college or G league. They're all guys who are on a trajectory to go to the NBA. These are high level pros and, and you never know how it's going to turn out, but it's like, it's a select camp. It's not a camp that you and I would have gone to. <laughs> uh, yeah. Easy, easy. Now, easy. Now <laughs> okay, um, so I, can't, I would have gone to <laughs> oh, there you as, go. as a 17 year old. We did I, have the, the Thompson twins were there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think some of you have seen in overtime elite and they're actually draft eligible this year, probably top 10 picks, but yeah, Curry camp. Well, and you could see that this wasn't a, a camp for just any old body with the way in which Steph was teaching and instructing all of them and the minutiae he was going to, as far as how to attack a pick and roll and him and, and Brandon Jennings who, who gave, let's not forget, gave Steph the like, smoothest 55 piece their rookie year i remember when that happened it was just like 
we picked the wrong point guard. Like Easy everyone now. freaking Easy out. It was just <laughs> the, so it's, it's always a reminder. With Did you do players. that on Twitter? Cause that was, it, that was like nah, in the nah. infancy of Twitter. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Nah, nah. But I remember reading that on like the golden state of mind yeah, Warriors yeah, yeah. world forums back in the day. Like, cause that was 2009. Twitter yep. hadn't really taken off. It was still the forums where those conversations were going on or talk radio or stuff like that. So I was like, I found it fascinating how they were, the, the like minutia in, in which they were describing how to attack a pick and roll and keep somebody on your hip, keep them in jail is what we call it. Um, and then Steph talking about his footwork when he's going like in the corners for, for sure. Yeah, when he hit the break turn. Yeah. yeah it's just... So, yeah, I mean, that was real high level stuff. And as you say, you and I were not going to be there. I take some exception to that, but to be fair, like it was not, this was not just any old buddy, like at this camp. And I found it fascinating. Plus it's always fascinating when you get the, the questions, oh, yeah. when you get the questions following that and Steph is any, and by the way, he has every reason to be, but and Steph is admittedly one of the pettiest dudes in the NBA. And I just find it hilarious. Oh, when he when he threw out the shot at Mike James, by the yeah, way. Like, yeah, like how are the kids? How are the kids? The campers? Like what what happens when you go one one on one? They have no chance, despite my uh, my one dimensional. <laughs> despite the <laughs> fact that I'm one dimensional. By the way, which is such a dumb idea. Like it's such a dumb thought to begin with. I don't know why Mike James has doubled down on the Steph hate, but it is such a dumb concept to begin with, because. Not it's only such ego, dude. By the way, that ego is why you're in, in probably in Europe instead of being in the NBA at this point. But it's just like, oh, he plays off ball. You heard the Mike James comment. Yes. It's like, oh, he plays off ball as a point guard. I take exception to that. I'm like, but, but, but that disproves his point to begin with. Yeah, exactly. The one dimensional part is, oh, he just chucks threes. Okay. I don't like this from a point guard. Okay. That's your personal opinion but he is also the best off ball player in the NBA that by definition makes him more than one dimensional. Yeah. There, there's a real silliness. Irony. There's a real irony to it because I feel like warrior fans would say, if anything, the Warriors offense has too much versatility. Like sometimes just put the ball in Steph's hands a little more, you know, like sometimes we feel like it's just, you know, it's too much of like, as you like to call it, like the, the cheesecake, cheesecake yes, factory right. menu where the it's Jeff, just like the Jeff Tedford. Yes. Yeah. It's just like, it, it, it's like, yeah, Steph is an A plus at a million different actions, but sometimes just run the best action over and over again, you know? Um, anyway, that's neither here nor It's factually inaccurate. But, He's but the yeah. best off-ball player in the NBA. He might be the best on-ball player in the NBA. He is three-level three level score just because he also he's the greatest is an elite shooter. finisher in the mid-range. He's elite around the rim, and he has the best or second-best handle in the league. By And, by the way, of all these dudes that Mike James mentioned, Steph is the best playmaker of all of them. Also, it is it is it is intellectually dishonest, and I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I just I just wanted to chalk it up to ignoring those comments, but now that you brought it up, I'm getting annoyed again. Um, it's just I want Mike James to sign somewhere. Is you he know in what? Brooklyn? Is he in Brooklyn? I don't think so. I think he's overseas. No, he, but I want know, him. I want him in Brooklyn with know, or without KD, just so Steph has a reason to cut his heart out. You know what Mike James comments remind me of? It reminds me of in like in football mm -hmm. where people are like, oh, he's he's not a he's not a quarterback. He's not a prototypical quarterback. Like it, basically he's ascribing weakness to Steph for not playing 
a specific style, Mm -hmm. which is the style he thinks the game should be played instead of actually looking at it from a, what he's doing perspective. Um, as you said, it's, it's intellectually dishonest to say he's one dimensional. It's intellectually dishonest to like say all the things he said about him, but like more than anything, the thing I got from Mike James, like, Oh, you're just another dude who thinks like a point guard is supposed to play a very specific way instead of like analyzing it through the lens of what is the most effective way to win. Yes, I agree with all that. But the interesting part about it in that that you brought up is I think those comments about quarterbacks, like is this dude Kyler Murray or like those dudes should be wide receivers, especially in the draft. I think that is based in racism. And sure. And the thing with with Steph is like Mike James is a light skinned dude, too. But a lot of the reason why Steph doesn't get the love, in my opinion, that he should get is because he does not he does not fit the physical profile of those that generally dominate like he's light-skinned and he's small i think that's what it is mike james is light-skinned and small so that's why it's very strange to me but he doesn't like steph does not look like your traditional superstar he doesn't and i think his place in the pantheon of greats suffers for that it shouldn't because in my opinion Steph is absolutely top 10 all time and maybe top five all time. I still want to see Magic Johnson dribble with his left hand before <laughs> I, I think Steph is the best point guard at all that. But like, I don't think Mike James has any like racist stuff in it, but just this idea, this prejudice that like even how someone plays or what they look like isn't, doesn't matter. It's how effective are they is the only part that matters. Yeah. And it's, it's just, you thought the silly comments would go away after he put together one of the greatest finals performances you're going to see easily the greatest finals you're going to see from a point guard. I don't think any point guards ever had a better finals than he's had. Uh, the only players who you could say have had better finals than him are like guys who are over six, six, you know, like the Jordans LeBron's probably had ones, but like, like guys, but like, isn't it more impressive? Like yeah, people why, hold it against him that he's six two. That's maybe, my point. That's my point. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's as Andy always likes to say, this list is all guys who are six, nine with elite athleticism and stuff. It's yeah, always the dudes that won the genetic lottery. And yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things I thought after that, it'd be kind of, uh, you know, uh, no one would really be going at those comments anymore, but it's, it's the internet. Someone's going to say something dumb every day. It doesn't matter. Um, Steph can win four in a <laughs> there row. There's going and... to be a main character on the internet. Yeah, exactly. On Twitter every single day. Do your best to never be the main character on Twitter. Hey, that's, that's facts. Yeah. Um, let's say, let's take it back to Steph's camp. Um, I actually think Mike James's comment ties very nicely to what Steph said here. Um, this was a quote from friend of the show, Shana Rubin, in her article recapping it. Mm-hmm. That's a key for me. I'm not a physical specimen in normal ways you think about it. So all the details matter. The high schoolers were throwing a lot of them for the, over the next three three day stretch. So I know they won't retain everything, but details do matter. Being coachable matters. Dealing with failure matters. The nuance of footwork, body control it's not just about how good you are. It's about doing the things that make your team better. We hammer those points down so that hopefully they can adopt that mentality in the game. Um, I've 
this is kind of one of the most poignant quotes I think you've ever heard from Steph because it's like he's being honest about it. He's he's saying exactly what you're saying. It's very self-aware, yes. I didn't win the genetic lottery. I'm not 6'9". I'm not 6'6". You know, I don't have a 7'2 wingspan. I don't have all these things. So, yes, focusing on every little advantage and every little detail matters. And then driving it home, none of that talent matters if you're not using it in the context of making your team the best possible team you can. I think you're right. This is the most self-aware quote I've ever heard Steph from because usually he'll do the thing of, I know I have confidence in my game. I know I can affect it, but he won't actually say anything. He'll just leave it at that because that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how he likes to operate in the media space. Yeah. But so in this one, I think he's telling on himself and in a good way. Normally that has a negative connotation and I don't mean it that way. I think he's telling on himself in a good way because he's like peeling back the layers of the onion. He has confidence in himself because he knows he's mastered all of these other things in ways that, frankly, nobody else has. He is a master in so many things that nobody else is willing to do. And it's about, like, there are, everybody in the NBA works hard. But Steph has figured out how to work hard and harder than most, but also the ways in which he can leverages, leverage those advantages that he does have. Like, in some ways, Steph has won the genetic lottery. His hand-eye coordination is sure. off the charts, right? His, his, his stamina is off the charts. He might be a pro golfer if he, if he just stopped playing basketball Correct. at 14 or 15. Like, that's, that's hard. He, he has figured out how to leverage those ways in which he did win the genetic lottery to embarrass the dudes that won the more obvious genetic lottery the ones with the the lot the, the lottery we think about you know being the, seven the feet six tall. nine six ten seven two muscular dudes that can jump out of the gym all of those things and he is trying to share the game with everybody else and mckillop which we'll get into you know he's like grabbing jerseys and stuff he's, he runs 2.5 miles i i think that steph is probably the best conditioned athlete in the nba and he has figured out ways to leverage that to do things that attack a defense and break a defense in other ways because whoever's guarding him simply won't hear, or can't. You'll hear guys talk about it and they get frustrated. It's like, I got to guard him. It's about to be 48 minutes of running. You so, know? That, so most people, when, when they think, fuck, I got to guard Steph, it's he's going to embarrass me the in out the step back. He's going to make a bunch of threes in my face. That is not why. Okay. That's not fair. That is one reason why people dread guarding Steph because you're going to get embarrassed. You know, he's going to break you down, maybe get to the cup or he's going to step back on you shimmy and all that. But the other reason, I think the main reason everybody hates guarding Steph is because he is constantly in motion and he is constantly a threat in ways that nobody ever has before. Will anybody ever again? I don't know. But in ways that nobody ever has before. And it is the worst assignment in the NBA. It's why I say, has, is Steph the best player in the NBA? I don't know. Maybe he has been over the last some years at some points. Maybe he has been. But what I will say, I think Giannis happens to be the best player in the NBA right now. But Steph Curry is the boogeyman. And he is the one that terrifies everybody. Because you just don't. He just breaks defenses and breaks wills in a way that nobody ever has before. And I'm just going to say this. 
there's no other player in the NBA who can let you play Kayvon Looney and Draymond Green together. <laughs> That's just a fact. No you one else right is going to let you have a, right about that. two big men averaging five points per game, but he's so terrifying the way he plays and his game is so adaptive. It makes lineup combinations that shouldn't work because those are both good players, but they should never play together in the oh. context of 29 teams, oh. right? But because oh. Steph is so freakishly good at so many things that no other players do, it works. Um, yeah, to your point, he you hear players say it by the way, like they're just like, it's not that I don't think I can potentially guard him one-on-one here and there. It's that over the course of a game, he's just gonna wear me down. And then I'm going to get four threes in my face. And then all I'm going to see on Instagram is him dancing on my yeah. face. You and know, it's the, like, it's, it's, it's also not breaks, fun. It, it's, <laughs> in addition to him just making threes or breaking you down off the dribble and maybe you fall down or embarrassing you and the, where he's running around a million screens and you have to always be in motion. And I think the, the mental challenge of it is more difficult than the physical yeah. challenge of it. The other part of it, the, like the secret to step. Cause if you, game, if you fall, if you fall asleep, He'll, he'll kill you for right a millisecond. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other secret to Steph's game is he has everybody's muscle memory. Uh, we have been like brought up as, as basketball players, everybody, all, all the light years listeners that have played basketball their whole life. You are brought up in elementary school and middle school and high school. If you played in college, if you played past that, you are taught to guard a certain way. You are taught to be terrified of the rim, always protect the rim, you know, on fast breaks, you want to backpedal, you want to make the ball handler, make a decision. And Steph breaks that he'd like destroy. He uses your muscle memory against you because all these dudes have 15, 20, 25 years of muscle memory that says retreat, retreat, retreat. Yeah, you know, your help is your help is, is baseline. Make them on a fast be. break, yeah. like make sure they don't get a layup. And Steph breaks that. Because he is so dangerous in ways that no, literally nobody ever has been before that he breaks that 20 years of muscle memory and people still haven't figured it out yet. Because yeah. it's, it, it's so ingrained. That's what you're taught. It is so ingrained. He is, he's the toughest cover in the NBA and that's not going anywhere. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You brought up a friend of the show, Bob McKillop. So I'm just going to play the clip. What's your name? Isaiah. What's your name? Jared. Jared? I don't see Jared. Isaiah, I don't see Isaiah. I see Curry. I see Curry. I see Curry. You're on Curry's team. You put that jersey on, you make sure you handle what that represents. What does that represent? Does that represent shooting threes? Yeah, he says the record 2947. Was that the record 2947? Threes? You know, he shot 68% in layups this year. 90 plus percent from the foul line this year. So he does everything shooting wise. But that's with the ball in his hands. He runs 2.5 miles per game. 2.5 miles per game. All right? Because he's cutting, because he's helping. He's attacking space. And you ever seen him scream? One of the best screeners in the league. So, he's the complete player. And isn't it interesting that the guys that come to Golden State adapt to his style of play? Isn't it interesting that Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston and now Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, now they start playing like Stephen. Well, I want you guys to start playing like Stephen today. I'm here to help you. I'm here to make you better players. And I'm going to kick your butt a little bit, but I'm going to kick your butt because I want to make you better. Trust me, I'm here to make you better. I want you to be a better player. I want you to be better, Isaiah, okay? That's a tough thing to do because your manhood, your womanhood is going to be challenged in the process. But please trust me to do what's best for you. I'm here to help you. I'm not doing it to you. I'm doing it for you. First off, like straight out of a movie. Yeah. Just, it's, I feel like I'm watching Hoosiers. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, where's Bobby Knight? But yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just, you know, when he uh, when he's just grabbing guys and saying he runs 2.5 miles a game. I was just like, this is this is the best thing I've seen in, in a Feels long like a low estimate, too. But yes. I, well, yeah, maybe because he only plays 30 minutes because, yeah, it, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, exactly. well, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like um, <laughs> I, I want to. You know what Steph said afterwards when someone asked him about McKillop? Hmm. We listen to that quote. You're like, yeah, wow, yeah. that's a really intense old school coach, right? <laughs> yeah. Steph, Steph's response was, hey, he's actually tamed down. I got him 15 <laughs> years ago. He's much more spry than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and you, I, did you tweet this out or did you text me? I don't remember, but you're like, the, from the quote and the video of the quote, uh, it seems like he's got some years left. Yeah. He was, that was intensity. It seems like he's got some years left, but. I mean, I know Steph is, has, he just, admired. he just retired, but when right. I'm watching that. I'm like, that doesn't look like a coach. I mean, no. coaches are coaches are coaches until, you know, until they, oh, no, they no, pass. No, 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 no. Yeah. Always. But, yeah, but, right. but yeah, like always. I'm watching and I'm like, that doesn't look like a guy who's too tired to keep coaching. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I think that it speaks to how much of the reason, look, like Steph gets all the credit in the world, but how much of the reason that Steph is Steph is because of his college experience and because of his college coaching. And even the parts that are not because of that, they are understood in a way by coach McKillop in ways that none of the rest of us are going to get. And so he was trying to look, I don't think I don't think there will be another Steph ever, but the, I think the hope in, in coaching some of these elite prospects is that they can at least take elements of the game that you mentioned earlier that are kind of like the underdeveloped and unseen parts of it, the little minutia and the little bits here and there that they can implement that into their own game. And maybe with some of the physical advantages that they have, like basically every camper there is more physically, not physically talented, but is more like won the genetic lottery more than Steph. So maybe quicker, if you, quicker first step, more explosive bounce, definitely bigger, more, strong. I mean, Steph them, is the strongest guy them, in the Warriors now. All of them like, relative, definitely true compared to like Steph was. Yeah. So maybe it, like, and the hope can be if you can take like, let's take Kaminga for example, right? Like right. Kaminga is a f- absolute. And genetic lottery. Two, we're right. going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Like those are two like physical athletic freaks. If you can take some of, if you can take that, and then implement some of the little tricks and nuance that Steph has because he couldn't do that, you've really got something. So I think that is the point of trying to, you know, like imbue that into, into the high schoolers. Is it going to work? No, because there's only one Steph Curry, but that's the hope. And you, you brought up Wiseman and Kuminga. And I guess you watch, you watch Curry camp, you watch the success the Warriors had last year winning Steph's way. Mm-hmm. Any way you want to slice it, this was a team fundamentally built around Steph Curry. Yeah, coming off the 15 and 5 to end the year before. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like, you know, we do things a certain way. Like yeah. Draymond, those guys, and Steph always like to say, we, we play a certain way here. Mm-hmm. But now they have, I mean, they had hardware before. But like, just in case you're one of those people who thought, well, yeah, but like that KD, they just reminded everyone. The way they play, the way Steph wants to play, wins. Doesn't that mm-hmm. bode well for the potential integration development of two raw but incredibly talented in like top one percent genetic lottery winners in Kuminga and Wiseman? Because, as you said, it, you know they might go to another NBA situation where stuff like this isn't drilled into their head. But when you have someone like Steph Curry who really focuses on the details that matter in winning. And then you have the proof of concept. Like, no, mm-hmm. dude, we just won the title and you're on the bench. So you're the one who's going to have to figure it out and adapt if you want to get on the court because we're not gifting you the minutes the way you might get those minutes gifted in, I don't know, Houston. Orlando. Let's do Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah, Orlando let's do Orlando. always the one that everyone goes. <laughs> let's do, let's do yeah, Orlando. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, doesn't that kind of bode well for developing them because this you and I are both skeptics of the two timeline plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For, for exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to, and I'm going to let, I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to let both barrels go here. The answer is I hope so. Um, but I am, I'm curious. I'm going to, I'm going to be like friendly about this. I am curious. Is it, you take this from Steph right here. Steph can show you these little tricks and you implement that to your game. Um, 
and you take all of the physical gifts in the world and use the little tricks from Steph and Draymond and Clay, well, all that, right? So I hope so, but I think that maybe doing a disservice to, and I think it may be the mistake that the front office ownership has made not recognizing that it's all 30. Like, and so you can get all of the knowledge and tricks and nuance from 30, but when 30 ain't here no more, I'm not sure it works. Of I hope so. But I, the question is, well, the, the, these, and, are, these are two separate questions, I think. Okay, so you're talking about can Steph transfer the knowledge onto them so that they can keep winning in a post-30 world? I'm saying he's going to. And then let's put Iguodala and Draymond and Clay in there also. Sure. But it's all 30. I think the question, though, is, right, They there's there's the little, the stuff, Twitter's not a real place, but there's the stuff on Twitter that says, like, the people saying, like, oh, Steph is a system guy and all that. No, 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 no. Steph is the system. Of course. Yeah. And so I don't know, even if he is able to imbue that into Moody and Poole, who does some Steph stuff, and Kaminga and Wiseman, he may be able to. I just don't know that it works without 30 actually on the floor. But that's all I'm talking about. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sure I disagree with you, to be honest. But um, what I'm talking about is in a perfect world for the Warriors, these young players who probably in another situation would be the prototypical young players on losing teams who aren't playing winning basketball for a mm-hmm. few years until they start figuring stuff out, not for anything wrong with them. Just that tends to be how it goes for most yeah. young players. You every now, every rookie, yeah, yeah, yeah. every, every, every now and then you get like a, a you know, a, um, a Scotty Barnes or somewhere like, Oh, you're like, you're a little more advanced than your yes. average rookie. But the interesting thing is those guys, not always, but usually are in situations where, the team was bad because they got beat up. An injury. Their yeah. injury, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to the point. Yeah. Um, what the Warriors really need is Kuminga and Wiseman to buy into being role players who can effectively help the core yes. win. And then the hope is over time that role will expand. Basically, the Kawhi Leonard. What happened exactly yeah. with Kawhi? with the Spurs where he was the three and D guy. And then he went to be a little more. And the next thing you know, he's the first option. And Timmy's kind of playing the support role because he's 48 years old or whatever. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something like that. Right. Um, I watched, I watched Chris Copeland at the G league today. Speaking of 48 oh. years old, it was not pretty. Um, I, yes, you, you are correct. That is the hope, but there's two things there. Like generally guys of that pedigree have been, the man. guy their entire that's, life that's what, that's what i'm saying yeah. yeah so it's hard to get them to do that uh, or to feel comfortable doing that wiseman's a different question because he's been hurt his whole sure career. There, there's the added layer of you know how does the body hold up to the the grind yeah the other part of it though is not like this is the this past season was probably the first time that i can remember that i fully trusted the warriors development staff um, and that I think is a big factor in getting guys to buy into whatever their role is and developing from be the role player now into whatever your role is going to be. And I do fully trust the Warriors development staff now, but that's a new thing. Sure. And, and I think that's the interesting thing to tie to Steph's camp where it's just kind of like the, the idea is 
basically humble yourself. Stop worrying about trying to average 25, trying to average 30. It's going to come with you if you just focus on the little things first. The idea, which I'm, which I'm getting at here, which is not easy and 99.9% .9 of kids who have that kind of talent do not get there. Mm -hmm. where it's just like, don't even worry about it. Don't worry about the fact that Cade Cunningham's going to average 24 next year. Don't worry about it. Yeah, go worry for it. About, they're they're going to win 28 games. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They might win 32. Um, focus on being the best wing defender who gives us a solid 10 points per game, Kaminga. Focus so on being, you know, the best uh, rim protector and rebounder you can be, Wiseman. You'll pick up 10 points just because you're, you know, able to run and catch off of Steph focus on that stuff. And then the other stuff, which is what, you know, is in your head, you know, in Wiseman's case, oh man, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo, they get to average 20 and do all this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm out here having to set screens or in Kuminga's case, you know, he's watching Cade, he's watching uh, Evan Mobley and some of these Jack guys have Giddy, way, yeah, run way show, more yeah. space to explore their game. Does the, you know, this is where if Steph can get them to buy into the smaller thing, it actually really, benefits everyone in the long run because so they'll, think, they'll develop the habits that are needed to think, actually be winning players. I think there are two like interesting and maybe divergent things here. One, the lake, the Lakers, the Warriors lost a couple guys um, that were mattered, valuable that yeah. mattered. So it would appear that there is a, a role. Uh, there is an opportunity for more of a defined role for certainly Kaminga, probably Wiseman going forward. So I think there, there's going to be, there are going to be greater expectations on them. The other part of it is I think you are like conceptually probably right about there is proof of concept that we can do this without you. Like much like Draymond told KD, right? We won before you and you can leave. We'll win without you. There is a proof of concept for those rookies, Pool was fine in the playoffs. But Pool's Pool's, Pool's different. Way yeah, more we'll advanced those guys. But the other three of them, there is a proof of concept. Like we'll win without you. Like put you aside, it doesn't matter. However, as Pat Riley said, there's the disease of more or the disease of me, and that comes along with winning. So, does that happen with some of the young guys? Like, oh, I I am a champion. So now, does that reinforce? Like, sure. I need to get my shine. I think those are like two interesting and maybe divergent concepts that they, they will need to figure out. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see because um, you can see what they want to do. It's not easy. It's rarely. No, been this done. is the, this is the challenge of Lakeup's dream. <laughs> Lakeup's wet dream of we're doing the two timelines. Like th this is what it is. It, it is not easy. And it, it doesn't happen. Typically, young players aren't willing to buy into those roles because um, young players want to show what they can do. There's a reason championship teams are always veteran. I'll just put it yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's right. a reason that, you know, you get to a certain stage of your career, you're aware of who you are. You're no longer trying to, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll guard the best player. I'll hit some open shots. I'm no longer trying to show you that I can run a pick and roll every play, you know, like the Danny yeah. Green or something like that, you know? So there's a reason NBA and those champion. guys usually have have gotten a contract or two real money, right? The young guys, right? Still, there, there's like, also yeah. there's a little security. There's right. There's just there's self awareness. Like Kuminga, yeah. whatever you want to say, 
he wants a max. He wants a max contract when his rookie deals up and he wants to show that he can be an all-star in this league. And he can do all those things. And the hardest thing to do is convince a guy like that. That will all come if you buy into the little stuff. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. hardest part. I mean, and this just kind of illustrates how rare Steph, Clay, and Draymond are, right? Because right. there was they were all willing to do the things that would get you to a place that would get you to all of the adulation and financial ramifications. But that's you're you're exactly right. That's rare, right? Like most guys, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mean to to pick on. The Lakers, that's such a lie. I absolutely. Mean, the Lakers. <laughs> Come on. Russell, with Russell, Russell Westbrook's a Hall of Famer. You he would is. think at this stage in his career, he would be willing to humble himself and buy into doing the little things to help his team win because he's playing with LeBron James, who is superior to the things that he likes to do. It just is. You would, would think would you that. think or would you hope? I mean, you you would hope all you the would, terrible things you, for the Lakers, but as a like no, but like observer, for, 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 yeah. Well, no, but like my point is, you would think when you get to this stage of your career, you've accomplished everything individually. You've led the yes. league in scoring. Yes. You led the league in assists. You've yes. won MVPs. Yes. You ha- you have a statistical accomplishment that like literally only Oscar Robertson. You're has. a top seventy five guy. You're going yeah, to your you've first done all these Hall things. Famer, this yeah. is this is the time you you know. But you've you never change, won anything. You change your mind. You'd be like, you know what? I might only average 15 points per game on this team, but I might be the defensive, you know, stopper in the backcourt and do 18 things to help the team win. You'd think so. And what you're seeing is he doesn't want to be that guy. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, where it's kind of like, you know, you can you can assume that these things will always work out on paper and your benefit, yes. but they don't always because ego is a real thing. Like the human personality is a real thing. And like if the Kuminga or Wiseman's of the world who are young enough to, they're they're just super young, want to prove who they are instead of buy into those things. Like it's not, it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. And it's understandable. It's human nature. It is like against human nature to do those things. Right. You were talking about Russ and that's an interesting thing. Like, there, like muscle memory is a real thing. And if you have done something a certain way and been successful at it for however many years, even if you want to do those things, when, when like the real ammunition starts flying in games and there's real moments and, and stress, it is hard to change muscle memory and learned behaviors. And obviously Wiseman and Kaminga do not have that time in the league and do not have that success that Russ has had, but they've been damn good their entire lives. And so whether it's three or four or five or six or eight years for them, they have been incredibly successful. The top one one thousandth of 1% of basketball players on planet earth. It is really hard to do something different. In a game, it is really hard. It is like when the stress really happens, when those moments really happen, it is incredibly difficult to change those things. I think what we're getting at, and we're going to end it here, this is the point I'm trying to make. If the Warriors are able to thread the needle and Kuminga or Wiseman end up playing 15, 20 minutes per game in the playoffs Mm -hmm. um, as, you know, Otto Porter's replacement, as GP2s, like as valuable players, and they're able to actually meld this two timeline plan to have it go forward, do not get it excused. That's up there with the most impressive things Steph Curry's done as a leader. Because 
to yeah. get young guys to check their own egos because they all want to average 20. They all want to prove they can do stuff. And to do that, that that's the mental side of the game, which I would say is probably harder for him than working on his conditioning. At this point, conditioning, he's got that mastered. But you get the young guys to do that stuff and it works. I think that's one of the most impressive things. Um, I think that's that's one of those things where like the weirdo online space will be like, well, yeah, of course they won. He has all this help. When the reality is if he's able to actually get them up to where they need to be. That's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen anyone do. But didn't he already? That's what they did last yeah. year. Like, didn't he already? Because all of us, me, me and you included, wanted some of the young guys gone for more help. For, for, for more certainty. Yeah. You, you and I were of the mindset of young guys do young guy things. Yeah. Let's let's call it what it is. Trade him for a 28-year-old who we know is ready to win now, but also isn't like too old. To and by the up. way, Lakeup was right. He's already <laughs> like, he was right. He is right. He did the two timeline thing. He did it. It worked. I disagreed with it. You disagreed with it, but he was but, right. He was I'm right sa- only because saying, 30 is 30, but he was right. You're right. It, it, it all comes back to 30 being 30, but I can't not call it out. None of those guys played in the playoffs in a meaningful way. So the next step of it is getting them to buy in so that they can play in the playoffs. And that's even just another step to the, to the Steph thing. And I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see because I, while I would, I'm a huge cynic and skeptic at this point, we I'm were not, wrong. Wait, I I'm, am too. You and I were wrong. Yeah. But I'm also like, dude, I'm not willing to discount Steph being able to do anything now. Honestly, that's like really what it comes down to like just trust in 30 type of thing where it's just like, they might be able to, they might be able to pull off the thing that literally Tim Duncan did. Yes. Yes. Because of 30. Now I agree with you. I don't like the fact that uh, ownership and management has been able to take victory laps for stuff that is just 30. And I think they have taken him for granted a bunch, but they have 30 and it works and it works only because of 30, but they have 30 and it works. That's true. They, and by the way, even if they don't win again, he was still right. They didn't trade all those guys. They had all the young guys. And they still put a team together yeah. that won a minimum, NBA championship. At minimum, at minimum, yeah, they won a title. Boom. And they didn't need to, they didn't need to panic trade the young guys for, for that final piece. They didn't need to do it. Maybe they'll trade them down the line because they get a better offer, but they didn't need to make the, I don't even want to call it panic move, but like, just kind of like, I felt going into the season, they needed to make the move. And you know what? I was wrong. So it happened. We were all wrong because yeah. you that is that is that was the right answer. We were all wrong yeah. because we all under, underestimated 30. I do, however, want to be in uh, in the playback room, like when the Warriors start like one and two. We're going to be watching the game. It'll just be a meltdown. We're not already. going there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to, uh, let, let's talk about one thing before we get okay. out of here. Um, right. New media. New Uh-oh. media had another take. Oh, boy. Um, you probably have a perspective on this one. Draymond to Kuz, yeah. Kyle Talk Kuzma Kuz, yeah. says, I don't know if the Lakers win the 2020 title uh, if they have Brandon Ingram instead of you. Yeah, that's other. And by the way, Kuz is one of my favorite dudes around. Um, mm. Kuz, like, personally, he's one of my favorite dudes around. Um, but that's utter nonsense. Brandon Ingram is a better basketball player than Kyle Kuzma and was in 2020 when the Lakers won. It is utter nonsense. There are not a lot of things that Kyle Kuzma does better than Brandon Ingram. It was Draymond pandering to his guest, which I understand, but it's utter nonsense. New media, new media sounding a lot like old media where they, utter, where they just kind of tell their utter, audience what they want to hear. So. Utter no, it is utter not. It's just nonsense. Brandon Ingram, and we saw it in, in, in the playoffs last year. Brandon Ingram, at times when, when CP3 and Devin Booker were out there, there was a lot, of, a lot of moments where Brandon Ingram was the best player on the floor. It is, it's, just utter non, it's just utter nonsense. I understand Dre. the point from a fit perspective because Ingram's a guy who likes to play with the ball in his hands. Yep. Obviously, if, with the Lakers, LeBron has the ball in his hands yep. um, for good reason. And so Kuzma is more effective kind of functioning off a guy like that than Ingram. But I distinctly remember that Laker team was also desperately looking for anyone else to create a shot other than LeBron when it wasn't in. So I'm just yeah. sitting here, I'm going like, all right, was Kuz their best wing defender? No, that was probably KCP or Danny Green. Um, or, or Caruso, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I would say his best guard. But yes, the point yeah, is. Yeah, fair, yeah, yeah, fair, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was Kuzma... Uh, their best shooter, no. Some um, no. Might have been Danny KCP. Green. Who's <laughs> Danny Green was getting them up? Yes, Danny KCP Green or gets KCP, up. depending yeah. on who was yeah. feeling it that night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Kuz does play well off ball, and he is a good defender. But is he Kuz so is much a good player? But is he a better defender than Brandon Ingram? It's probably negligible. Yeah, it's probably, probably not, about yeah. the same. Yeah. So I'm just. It's. I think. I mean, I don't need to go into it too much on this because it's a Warrior specific show. But like. Draymond with the with the the new media stuff, just like look, new, all I'm gonna say, new media feels a lot like old media. I don't like uh, the discussion of new media versus old media, and everybody arguing about it is kind of not interesting to me. Draymond knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows who he's talking to, and he knows. And by the way, full credit to him. And he did this during the playoffs, during the finals. He knows what is going to drum up clicks and views and all that. And he's going with it, right? He said the same thing with, look, I happen to agree with him. What he said about the, you know, the KD Warriors versus the MJ Bulls and versus the the Jazz that they were playing and how the Warriors would have smacked both of them. I happen to agree with it, but he didn't put it out there because he was just hanging out on one whatever night. he was bored watching NBA TV. (laughs) He was watching NBA I mean, he may have been bored watching NBA TV, but that's not why he sent it out. He sent it out because he knew it was going to get interest. And this is By the way, he's thing. he's one hundred percent right. Those teams, 
it's 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 not even a contest. Like like he's right. They're playing 15 feet and in. Steve Kerr is taking yeah. two threes a game. That's it. Like they're they're yeah. just. I don't know why we have to pretend that basketball has not improved going forward. Like, yeah, it's, it's just silly. the dumbest. It's the dumbest. Was it, was it KD? I think it was KD. They asked KD. Was it KD? I think they said uh, they uh, they asked uh, KD about that. And he said, I don't know who would have won, but I am damn sure Steve Kerr, the Warriors coach, would have made Steve Kerr guard yeah. like who that was yeah. actually that was that was the perfect like non-answer. It's like I'm making a joke to pivot off of this because I know no matter what I say, it's just gonna be annoying. I'm damn sure Steve Kerr would have put Steve Kerr in pick and roll defense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you. Uh we'll do this again sometime soon. Anytime, brother. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.